Hello and welcome to this, the seventh episode of The Road to Net Zero, a podcast from the Advanced Propulsion Centre. My name is Clem Silverman and this week we're highlighting another one of our collaborative research and development projects that aims to find a solution to decarbonise heavy goods vehicles. Teva think that they have the answer, an electric truck with a hydrogen fuel cell range extender. I will let David James, our transport and energy journalist, explain more. For this interview, I went to Tilbury in Essex to meet Asher Bennett, the founder and CEO of Teva, to talk about the hydrogen fuel cell range extender they're developing for their electric trucks. Well, tell me about Teva as a company. So Teva, we're a mission-based company and we're building trucks very focused on the realities of truck operators that need to go out and work eight, nine, 10 hours of deliveries, not be concerned about range. And by that, they will be driving many more zero emission miles. By the way, those miles are also much cheaper than driving a diesel truck. So the more miles you drive, you save more money. What was the inspiration for, for the business? Because it's quite a bold vision nine years ago. So it's about being fit for purpose. We've all seen that there's a lot, a lot of variety of electric cars but the average car is parked for 22 and a half hours a day or 22 and a half hours of opportunity to charge. I like to think about it. And today's electric cars can really drive very long distances, more than you would want in one go. It's a great solution. With trucks, they're going out for those eight, nine, 10 hours of work. They do not want to risk not being able to get back to the depot. Every day they're getting uh, different payloads, different topographies. It's very complicated. So we have to alleviate all that risk so that the depots use our trucks and use them for the longer ranges. The, we as an industry have to replace the dirty diesel trucks doing long range, not the dirty diesel truck doing shorter ranges. What kind of challenges do you have providing a solution with batteries? Why are batteries challenging for trucks? So the issue with batteries is because of their weight, and they have a large variance of how much range you will get out of that battery because of payload uh, drivers, driving conditions, weather, etc. We could double and triple the batteries. We make battery electric trucks. That's one of our products. But when you put that, when you double or triple the battery size, you eat significantly into the payload, which is the whole purpose of trucks. Also, when you would want to charge such a large battery, the charger will probably cost more than the truck. That is just not a great solution. So we believe in putting medium-sized uh, batteries that will do most days. But for those extreme days where you need to go farther or the payload was hev heavier, we back it up with a hydrogen range extender. Obviously, there's a, there's a reason for a range extender. How do you decide on hydrogen as a solution? So we're a very experienced company in the realm of range extenders. Uh, we've already, we already have uh, trucks on the road for over two and a half years. Uh, with a major fleet here running around the UK every day making uh, deliveries with a previous technology range extenders. The move to hydrogen was very logical because first of all, it's completely zero emission, which is something we all want. And by converting to hydrogen with all our past experience about range extension, we're helping the whole hydrogen economy pick up because hydrogen has a lot of advantages. There are also big disadvantages. And by finding the application that is the best use case for hydrogen, we're allowing more and more things to convert to green and hydrogen. There, hydrogen is used in many applications. Uh, fertilizer, for example. Most of that hydrogen is from, uh, 
fossil fuel source and it is not green at all. It's actually putting a lot of carbon in the, into the... There are ways of making zero carbon hydrogen, green hydrogen. It's quite expensive. So you have to find the good use cases where it makes a material change. When you use green hydrogen in our trucks, you are allowing trucks to go longer ranges, electrify the, a whole fleet without concern of getting of deliveries. I'll say it again and again. Truck fleets are there to deliver stuff, number one. And if you don't do that, they won't take up your product. By using that hydrogen and getting it to green hydrogen, you're allowing all those use cases of more and more trucks to come onto the road and it'll just be a natural thing. We also overcome some of the current downsides of hydrogen. Hydrogen right now is expensive, green hydrogen, and hydrogen, the fuel cells are expensive, and there's not a lot of uh, fueling infrastructure for hydrogen. We take all those disadvantages and turn them uh, around. By using, even though the hydrogen on our truck is expensive, it's a backup fuel. So it's there, one way to think about it is it's there not to be used, but to alleviate any risk of using the cheap, abundant grid electricity that is in our battery. That way, our fleets can, without concern, come back with the batteries depleted, meaning they've done a lot of zero emission miles, and they're also cheap miles, and never concerned about not getting back. If they had any concern, they would put the trucks on very short routes. Putting an electric truck on short route doesn't help anyone. It doesn't save money, and it, the whole point is to replace the dirty diesel trucks doing long ranges, not short ones. So it sounds like you've got some use case data there that you're working on that you want people to use 100% of the available battery capacity. So it's uh, actually a bit more sophisticated. We have a cloud-based uh, optimization system that optimizes the different uh, fuels, whether it's the hydrogen or, or the battery. Today, when hydrogen is expensive, yes, you are optimizing for maximizing usage of the cheaper electricity and minimizing that of the hydrogen. That will change over time. You can look at, besides cost, you can look at the carbon intensity of the hydrogen versus the carbon intensity of uh, the electricity. You can look into like scenarios if there's a storm and there, the grid is under a lot of pressure, you might not be able to charge tonight. So tonight, so today we might want to return with a full battery and use the hydrogen. That will evolve and change. It's about giving the most optimal solution for every application use of the truck and every geography of the truck in a location where there's a lot of uh, abundant green uh, hydrogen, maybe it does make sense to use more and more hydrogen. We're completely adaptive to all those solutions and it's done automatically. Now you've been working with the Advanced Propulsion Center on these hydrogen range extenders. Just talk about that as a project. I started the company here in the United Kingdom. United Kingdom is an amazing place to do what we do. Such a strong automotive engineering ecosystem. We're able to get great talent, lots of very strong team members. We have a lot of partnerships with other companies because it's a complicated piece of equipment, what you see behind me. The UK government been supportive along the way in different projects, both in funding projects. Sometimes there's a bit risk that it helps where the government gives a little positive push. I'd like to think we've made a good return, We've taken those funds and make a lot of external investment and are producing nice trucks that do the job. So yeah, just talk about the wider benefits for Teva as a business to be able to get funding like this. What difference has that made? When we went out to the investors, and honestly, I started this with just a PowerPoint saying, let's build not only electric trucks, but they'll have a second energy source, a range extender. I consider that an order of magnitude more complicated. What got this company off the ground was winning a government grant. Then I went to investors and said, 
we've won the grant. They've, they, we won a comp grant competition. They validated to some level the technology. Can you help with the matching funds needed? That got the investors going. That built the company. As we grew, um, we went into more complex development projects. We applied for grant competitions. And when we won them, we've put it to good use. I, I'd like to say, especially from that original grant, everything we said we did, we did. And most importantly, we built a very nice company, which I'm proud has, we have 100, over 160 team members right here in Essex, building world-changing technology. And in terms of that kind of government funding that's available, what payback does the UK taxpayer, but also the, the wider UK, UK PLC, as we call it, what, what do we get back? What's the return on investment? The return on investment to the United Kingdom and the people of the United Kingdom is on multiple fronts. We are now getting, we've gotten large amounts of foreign investment. We have a strong team, over 160 team members, uh, all skilled, I'd like to think well paid, working on developing great technologies. We shall not forget the benefit that we are all going to breathe cleaner air. And all of us in this world live in this uh, spherical greenhouse that is under stress and we're helping solve that. The scale of the opportunity, how excited are you about not just the challenges, but the opportunities that moving to a low carbon economy presents? The opportunity is amazing, even at the personal level. I mean, isn't it cool that I get to get up in the morning and work with both software and you know, one third of our engineers are software engineers and hardware and put together a big piece of machinery, not me, me and my team together, and then go see it in the hands of real customers, driving around, doing as it's meant to do, saving our customers uh, money and allowing them to deliver completely zero emission, both the air we breathe in the cities and the carbon into our atmosphere. We've already seen ideas and concepts of spin-off technologies from from parts of our software, for example, that we're hope to use to lower uh, traffic congestion, would you believe, is coming out of the truck. That's, those are ideas that are in process. And we're seeing interest from around the world for this exact truck. Because everyone wants electric trucks as long as it does the job and it saves money. And the battery electric alone doesn't always do that. So I guess, you know, because we can, we can see the environmental benefits of the low carbon technology, the electric technology. And you're saying there's a business benefit to that. So why aren't we just instantly just changing over to, to this great new technology? What's holding us back? Let's be clear. No one will buy trucks if it costs them more than their previous technolo uh, truck technology. The advantage with truck operators, unlike consumer automobile buyers, you know, when I buy a car, you're not sitting there thinking about the lifetime cost of fuel discounting it back uh, today. Truck operators absolutely look at lifetime cost of the vehicle. In the old way, in the diesel world, two thirds of the lifetime cost goes to the oil and gas industry, not to the truck manufacturer. Electric trucks or hydrogen electric trucks are more expensive upfront, higher capex, but so much cheaper to operate, so much cheaper uh, on the fuel, so much cheaper on the maintenance. You work that into the calculations and uh, you are saving money. If there's customers who have a problem upfront, uh, paying all that upfront, that's not a problem. The world of trucks is covered with leasing. They'll, ha they'll cover the higher upfront cost and you will pay the same monthly costs or less. So what, what is it that needs to change to unlock 
this positive future that we can see within GRASP? We, as a company, are aiming to help facilitate the production and delivery of green hydrogen. That's actually a business of a multi-billion dollar business. You see all the big energy companies getting into that. Government support and facilitating that will make a huge change and it should be led by the UK. It shouldn't, we should not be laggards, we should be leading it because it's such a big business opportunity and, it, and we have to be rational about it. Um, just making green hydrogen because it's nice and clean, doesn't, you know, that's not good enough. We have to use green hydrogen where it makes economic sense and has the biggest impact. Um, maybe one day trucks can be all electric. Maybe one day there'll be that magical battery that is this size and there'll be you know, uh, multi-megawatt chargers at every street corner so that trucks can go out and with confidence, confidence charge the, their trucks whenever they need it. That's fine. Then we can use all the hydrogen for places that can't be replaced with the battery like um, fertilizer production. But if you want to get there, let's be realistic. Let's find the best use cases for hydrogen now, where there's the biggest impact, and that certainly is in mobility, in my opinion. We also benefit from the clean air, by, by the way, of running around our cities, and leverage that for growth. The technologies we have, we're seeing interest from around the world. Other places are looking to purchase or copy or uh, uh, license from us the technology to build our trucks. We're very open to the concept. It will all benefit uh, our company and uh, the UK. What would you like to say to the UK's politicians? Uh, personally, I stay away from politics, but um, be rational and support the, uh, the growth of green hydrogen. It's going to make a huge, huge change on our economy on our security of uh, energy supply. And mostly, in, you know, let's be leaders in the technology because that always spurs out a lot of smaller companies. They grow up, become bigger companies. Uh, it's all good for and across the board. There are some critics of hydrogen as an as a energy vector. How would you address those criticisms, mainly around efficiency and the difficulty of transporting hydrogen? I take the energy efficiency of hydrogen very seriously. There's, it's one of the big downsides of hydrogen. If you take a kilowatt hour of energy from a wind, wind farm or solar farm, put it into the grid, put it into one, uh, the battery in one of our trucks, into our motor and drive the truck, or you take that, one, that same uh, kilowatt hour, electrolyze it along the way into hydrogen, put it into the cylinders on our, our hydrogen fueling, storage cylinders in our truck, into our fuel cell, convert it back to electricity to our motor, that second pathway is between half and two thirds less efficient. Why would you even begin you would start with this? Well, that's why our solution is to use the upsides of the hydrogen, the high energy density, the faster fuel, and overcome the downsides by we're not using a lot of hydrogen per day. The hydrogen is mostly the way to think about it. It's sitting there alleviating any risk of using all that cheap grid electricity. And as we electrify more and more trucks and batteries get better and chargers get better, we can dial down the size of our hydrogen or chuck it away completely and be all battery. But we can all sit around for that magic to happen in batteries or we can make it happen now with hydrogen. So I think our solution is the perfect solution and it's very realistic in, in solving the hydrogen issue. We're very realistic even in how we calculate uh, things like the energy density. So I've seen people look at the theoretical energy content of a kilogram of hydrogen, comparing it to battery, it's hundreds of times uh, uh, better, but that's ridiculous. Hydrogen 
a kilo of hydrogen has to be stored in a heavy cylinder. A kilo of hydrogen has to go through a fuel cell that is only 50 or 60% efficient. But if you look at that practically, you're still getting seven times better energy density in hydrogen versus lithium iron uh, batteries. That's very good. That means if we could double the battery size, but we'd lose all the payload. What's the point? Thank you for taking the time to listen to this interview. To find out more about hydrogen transport and the work of the Advanced Propulsion Centre in supporting low carbon mobility, visit apcuk.co.uk.